Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good morning and welcome to Out of the Blue Radio Show on Sunday 2nd of April 2017. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 on your AM dial or you can have a listen from our website www.3cr.org.au forward slash Radio Blue where you'll find a number of previously broadcast episodes that have been uploaded as podcasts. My name's Andrew Christie from Melbourne Polytechnic and Marine Care Point Cook and today's weather uh, a top of 18 degrees, breeze coming from the south-southeast at about uh, 15 knots, uh, building up to about 20. Fairly light winds and then it drops off again in the evening. So uh, as always, if you're jumping into our beautiful uh, on or in our beautiful waterways in the state of Victoria, uh, please uh, take the utmost care. Uh, The time now is uh, 11.38am so if you haven't already done so, please make sure you wind your clocks back one hour. Uh, Daylight saving um, finished at uh, 2am this morning. 
Okay, uh, lately I've been uh, talking a fair bit about uh, sharks and shark attack and I want to change pace a bit and start talking about something a bit closer to home. Um, the stingrays and stingarees are relatives of sharks and I want to have a, a bit of a chat about those today. Um, it'll probably go over a few shows this one. They are uh, amazing beasts to observe up close. Um, they're the sort of things that understandably do freak people out a bit from time to time but I just want to uh, relate some of my experiences and uh, relate some of the knowledge that I've got of the rays in uh, in the northern sector of Port Phillip Bay. Back in a moment. Help 3CR support the rights of Indigenous Australians. They mean to save our culture and save our dreams, our footprints, dreams, our songline, and keep our culture going strong. Of course, a lot of the Aboriginals, having been stolen, were put into state care, and also others. The recognition were... of what our people have been through in the last 200 years, the recognition of our culture in the last 40,000 years, and the recognition of where we are heading into the future. Welcome to uh, Survival Day, Invasion Day. 223 years ago, the white man landed on our shores. Subscribe to 3CR and help keep Indigenous voices on air. Call us on 94198377 or visit 3cr.org.au. Subscribe now. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55 on your AM dial. Okay, so uh, stingarees, um, which are basically, uh, think of a... Uh, same size and shape, roughly, of your average frying pan um, is uh, is basically what stingarees sort of are. Um, they're these flattened, what you call dorsoventrally flattened uh, cartilaginous fish. Now, what does all that mean? Well, it looks like someone's got a great big mallet and squashed the fish, um, so it's uh, nice and flat. Uh, they use their wings predominantly for propulsion, so they, they flap their uh, pectoral fins, much like you'd expect to see on a bird. Uh, they get pretty limited contribution from the caudal fin, uh, unless you, and that, that's what I uh, refer to as the, the caudal fin, that's the tail of the animal. So if we're looking at a fiddler ray, there's a good example, uh, the southern fiddler ray, um, also known as a banjo shark, for the reason that it's got two really well-developed dorsal fins and a, uh, a strong caudal, uh, a well-developed caudal fin at the end, which gives it a hell of a lot of propulsion. Um, those things are capable of a good burst of speed when they want it. They're pretty docile creatures overall, but when they do want to flee, um, they can do so and, and do it at a pretty rapid rate rate of knots it's got to be said so the thing to uh, um, remember about stingarees and stingrays is they do have a very formidable armament, a defensive armament. And what I'm talking about there is at least one, quite often if you're looking at Port Phillip Bay species of stingarees, two, um, it's actually uh, double uh, dual stinging spines. Now those barbs, for those of you that may not have seen them before, they're a really formidable looking armament. Uh, basically what you have is uh, it almost looks like some sort of a tribal spear it's got all these backward pointing barbs on it so the idea there is that once it gets into a wound it makes a hell of a mess coming back out again it's a, it's a really pretty nasty feature that these that these rays have and understandably because of the fact that they're sort of flattened people might associate them with being sort of slippery they're not slippery as such they've got uh, what we call placoid scales or dermal denticles just like a shark what I'm talking about there is the fact that they've got these uh, minute tiny little teeth that make up the skin so if you pat the ray and and you can do this with a, uh, a fiddler do it uh, as Valerie Taylor said touch it as if you are going to touch one of these things a make sure it's definitely a fiddler ray or a, a you know a banjo shark so to speak not a sparsely spotted stingery otherwise you're in for a, a pretty nasty shock but what you do is if you move your f hand from the head end of the animal moving towards the tail 
what you can find is that it's it's relatively very smooth. If you go back the other way, um, you have a hell of a time because all the tiny little teeth are catching and it's extremely rough, which is why shark skin for many, many years used to be used as sandpaper. Now, the thing with the, um, the, the razors, they do freak people out. They sit there and they'll often allow themselves to be covered by sand or they'll flap their wings in a quite a, a sort of vigorous manner to encourage all this sand and stuff to, to, and sediment to build up on top of the animal. So when that happens, what you'll actually find is that the ray is basically hidden and all you've got to, to uh, look at are the eyes, which are quite prominent on a lot of ray species. They've got these uh, eyes that can fit into, into um, the eye socket of the of the skull which enable them to uh, basically you know sh- sh- they almost squint and shut their eyes tight when they want to and they can open them right back up again and they've got these other great big holes behind the eyes now those are what we call spiracles and spiracles are accessory breathing organs. Uh, when you think about the body of a ray, what you'll find is that you've got the mouth underneath the animal, and also you've got the gill slits underneath the animal as well. So if the gills are underneath the animal, that's all well and good while the animal's up and mobile and swimming through the water. It's going to be drawing water in through the mouth and passing them over the gills, and, and uh, you've got that current flowing through the animal, so to speak, which uh, you know, you've got all the, the water flowing over these rich, oxygen-rich um, filaments in the, in the gills that enable the animal to survive and draw oxygen, dissolved oxygen from the surrounding water. But when the animal's at rest, think about what happens there. The, the gills are flush with the sediment and the animal no longer enjoys the uh, any sort of forward motion. It doesn't enjoy uh, water passing in through the mouth and out the gills. So it uses those respiratory organs, those spiracles, to draw water in and perform the same function essentially. So that's that accessory breathing organ that allows them to breathe quite happily even when they're totally stationary. Now in, uh, in Victoria, we're blessed with a number of different uh, ray species. Now, the first one that I want to mention, and this is the, what we're talking about with the freakout factor, being comfortable around these animals is the number one thing. Um, now, a lot of people aren't. A lot of our listeners might be thinking, yeah, but I, you know, I don't want to wade out into Port Phillip Bay and get ankle tapped and, and be in a lot of pain. That's totally understandable. But there's a few things that you can do to alleviate the risk and, and certainly enjoy your um, interactions with rays, which I've been doing now for a number of years. I've got to say, out of all the species down at uh, Point Cook Marine, sanctuary in Melbourne's west it is the uh, the the stingrays and stingarees that I probably get some of the most enjoyment out of seeing um, we've got a number of species the first one is a really great one to start with and that's what we call the southern fiddler ray it's uh, for those that are interested the scientific name is Trigonorina dumerillii now this particular ray um, is a very very docile animal it's got a gorgeous color pattern um, so it's a, sort of alternating tan and brown um, uh, pattern that gives the animal its name actually fiddler ray from uh, it looks like the, the the slots cut in a violin and uh, when you look at the overall guitar shaped morphology that that is when I say morphology I mean the the, the body type and uh, the the layout of the animal if you like what we've got there is an animal that can get up to uh, in excess of a meter long and the thing with Point Cook Marine Sanctuary is we've found them to be in extremely shallow water and when I say extremely shallow I'm talking 30 centimeters so in the summer months generally between about October through to February and especially December through to Feb uh, and probably December Jan in fact December in January if you want to see a fiddler ray at Point Cook Marine Sanctuary all you have to do is wade out to an area that we call Fiddler 
Road Bay for obvious reasons, and it's uh, just to the east of the Point Cook Homestead. And if you get into the water there, um, being careful, of course, not to stand on rocks and, and sea urchins and all that sort of thing, if you wade out into the water, what you'll often find is the rays sitting there. They might be foraging and moving around looking for food. They could be very, very still, and it's not unusual to see four, five, or six of them clustered into a very, very small area and uh, just sitting there minding their own business and, and chilling out. They are a great one to start with because, of course, the Fiddler Ray, it doesn't actually possess any stinging spines at all. So it can't even physically hurt you. I guess if it really wanted to, it could try biting you. But even then, it's only got these sort of uh, flat crushing plates in the um, in, in the jaws. So then they don't run around biting people. That's as, as simple as that. So for those of you that do get a little bit freaked out by rays and aren't too sure of them and all the rest of it, they're a great place to start. Just getting into the water and having them come around, they'll often come in and investigate. They, they are quite a curious animal from time to time and they'll see a, a booty and an ankle and they'll think, oh, what's that? And they'll come over and have a look and sometimes even bump or nudge really gently and then move on and uh, and, and take off. So they're a, a wonderful animal to check out in their natural environment. They really are a, a beautiful beast, the, uh, the the southern fiddler rays. Now, in and around Point Cook, and when I say Point Cook, I also um, you can look at Point Cook Marine Sanctuary. There's Jawbone Marine Sanctuary just down the road at uh, William. Town, and we've also got Ricketts Point Marine Sanctuary, uh, which is out towards Bow Morris. Now, those areas are uh, really good to go and explore and see uh, a variety of marine life, but rays certainly make up those, and the southern fiddler ray is quite a common one. The others that we've got are uh, three species of what we call stingarees. Now, the stingarees, as I was saying before, have the double barbed uh, stinging spine. Those spines are located more towards the caudal fin, more towards the tail, and what that means is even though the stinging spines are only the size of a, of a, uh, of a toothpick, um, so relatively smallish, uh, what you'll find is that they do have quite a significant amount of power behind them if the ray decides to, uh, to, to whack you with it. Now, the thing with that is that um, if, if you... Uh, consider what a, a raised spine can do with you. The, uh, the number one thing to remember is, is sharp force trauma. It's effectively getting stabbed is is uh, one of the ways they can hurt you. Number two is the venom. And that's the interesting thing about the ray species that we find, the stingaree species that we find in Port Phillip Bay. All of them have venom and they act to a differing degree in, in terms of how much pain they can actually cause. And the number one thing I want you to take away from this show is that as far as first aid goes, the best thing that you can possibly do is get water as hot as you can physically stand it without scalding your flesh and immerse the wound in that hot water. Uh, saturate it, pour. If you've got a thermos or something, um, you, can, uh, you can pour the water over the wound and that provides a lot of pain relief. And the reason for that is you've got uh, proteins within that venom that are actively being denatured. And when we talk about proteins being denatured, basically what we're talking about is stuffing up their structure. So all of a sudden the structure of the protein changes and it no longer produces the, uh, the significant, significant amount of pain that people often experience when they've been ankle tapped by a stingaree. It's really just a, a nuisance value type wound as far as the venom goes. It's not terribly potent. It's not the sort of thing that's going to kill anyone, um, but uh, it, it, it is uh, you know, really a, a painful injury. The other thing to watch out for with uh, stingaree envenomations is um, uh, infection. Now, the thing with looking at a stingaree barb, if, if you're looking towards the tail 
tail of the animal and you see the two barbs, what you'll notice is they generally look pretty unspectacular. They look like a, a HB pencil um, and they, they don't actually uh, reveal those backward pointing segments of the barb and, and all the rest of it uh, on, on the stinging spine itself. And the reason for that is they've got what's called an integumentary sheath. So it's a sheath that coats the entire stinging barb. And what happens is that sheath gets ruptured when it gets punched into the ankle of a uh, of an unsuspecting wader who's uh, who's popped into the water to, to cool off. And one thing uh, that you've got to be aware of, and sometimes you can get a bit surprised at how good you can become at this, when you've just got the eyes and the spiracles uh, of the animal there, um, you can quite often be surprised at how good you become when you're snorkeling at actually being able to spot the um, the the spiracles and the, the telltale uh, eyes of the animal in the sediment. So you can actually uh, use that to be uh, obviously be very aware and alert but not alarmed and have a look at that and actually anticipate where they're going to be. The other key thing is to look at the sand, the texture of the sand. It's all uniform in an area and all of a sudden it changes. It's much smoother or it doesn't have the ripples that are characteristic of it. So that's, uh, that is something to remember when we're looking at the rays. What I want you to get out of this program and probably the next show that I'll do on uh, stingarees and stingrays is they do have that fearsome armament. There is no question of that whatsoever but they are some of the most graceful and beautiful animals to see under underwater. Very, very rewarding when we look at uh, photographing these critters because they, they really are gems in the uh, in the natural environment and something that's wonderful to observe if you're lucky enough to do so. Anyway, I hope to keep passing on my love of uh, stingarees, which are, of course, animal, uh, a type of animal. And here is Animal by Def Leppard. <laughs> That was Def Leppard with Animal. Okay, uh, you're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 8.55 on your AM dial, and this is Out of the Blue. As I was saying just before the uh, the song there, uh, we've got a few species of stingaree within northern Port Phillip Bay waters, and uh, the, each of those I want to sort of mention in a bit of detail in future shows because they're quite interesting beasts in their own right. One is what we call uh, the Eastern Shovelnose Stingaree, and it's probably the most common of all of the stingarees that we have. It's a thing called Trigonoptera imitata is the, uh, the the scientific name of that animal, and uh, can get to quite uh, largeish sort of sizes for a stingaree, I suppose. You're, you're looking about um, 50 centimetres, so half a metre across, and uh, a similar sort of length on the animal as well. And they have they do have those double barbed uh, stinging spines. They vary in colour from a nice uniform sort of a brownie colour to a uh, to an off sort of a, almost a gunmetal grey. I've seen a number looking in that uh, fitting that description as well and quite often what you'll find is them uh, they, they get on the edges of seagrass meadows in in amongst sand and unconsolidated sediment uh, you can imagine that that's a good uh, defensive strategy for the rays because uh, out of sight out of mind they uh, they quite often uh, bunker down into those sediments and uh, sit out of
out of the out of the way and and no doubt watch people go past. Uh, sometimes you get into the water and you hear people say, "Oh, I didn't see many stingarees today," or "Didn't see any stingarees." And the, the, probably the key question is, "Well, how many saw you?" Um, that's the uh, that's often the, the the million dollar question because uh, th- quite often it might be a number of them that are in that area. They love rocky overhangs and basalt reef areas too. Quite often you'll see them bunkering down in little caves and all that sort of thing and uh, and hiding out. Um, thing to remember when you're approaching any of these rays underwater, the, the stingarees and the other species that I'll mention in future uh, shows include the sparsely spotted stingaree, a thing called Urolophus porcimaculatus, and then there's another one called the spotted stingaree, which is a beautiful specimen. Nice dark uh, coloured animal with all these beautiful uh, circular patterning on it, and I've uh, been seeing a stack of those around Point Cook Marine Sanctuary. thing to remember is to try and use the topography, so if you've got one that's in water two metres deep, duck dive, get down on the snorkel and uh, get you know, get to you can get to within quite close ranges. I'm talking only a couple of feet away if you do it properly. Um, a couple of feet's a bit close. Really, you want to be at least a metre away, I think, um, a metre and a half. But what you can do is if there's a boulder sitting right next to the animal, you can grab onto the boulder and then steer your head around and sort of play, play peekaboo with it a little bit and just move really, really nice and slowly. Anyway, that's about all we've got time for this week on uh, Out of the Blue. And apologies to the listeners for uh, coming in a bit late. The traffic was absolute nightmare on the way into the city today. I'm not too sure why it was the case. I may have had something to do with the Flower and Garden and the Flower and Garden show if uh, anyone's thinking about coming into the city. Have a look at public transport. It's a serious option, I think. Okay, well, uh, stay tuned for Out of the Plan with Sally and enjoy the rest of your Sunday.